There it goes. My last. <laughs> the hell is that? Is that a bar? No, I'm saying you're supposed to do the intro. Oh, uh, I am. Okay. I know, oh, no, daughter, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Let's let Amanda do it. Hey, Amanda. Oh, no, it's all good. She's out. She's out. We're live from the car, Joe. No, that says there goes my last fuck. Yeah, we're live. Yeah. Um. So what is that? A cocktail napkin from a bar or something? It was like we a dockyard. Were a, we were at a, a little a little store in Macon, Georgia, last night, and uh, they had a collection of uh, hand towels uh, with, uh, you know, philosophical uh, wording like that. Yeah. Well, I yeah. like the sailboat going off into the. I presume that's the either the sunrise or the sunset. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's uh, it's good shit. It's good shit. So what um, else did you guys pick up at the store? Did you guys get some we, uh, chitlins? What did we pick up? My wife pork rinds. Pork rinds. My my wife bought a rock. Literally, right. and now like, she's dying. Like now she's dying laughing that I said that because she does knows how ridiculous that sounds. No, oh, look, I forgot to I, do my new intro. Yeah, dude, I can't see you either. You're you're blacked out. I'm, just so you know. Oh, I guess if I switch over, hold on, I'm getting a screenshot. Keep talking. Tell everybody how great I am. No, when I was um, back to the rock collection, you know, when I was I out in Zion or, um, uh, you know, Grand Canyon, they have all these awesome rock stores out there with crystals. Oh, and, yeah. You know, amethyst. And so I've always been a collector of that since I was, uh, you know, yeah, third grade or something like that. It's actually a really beautiful, cool rock. So it's not, <laughs> but. I'm not sure it's quite worth what we paid for it, but you know, maybe someday it'll accrue in value. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing with art is you buy it cause you like it. That's it. And that was exactly it. She loved the design of it. So perfect. That was, good. That was good. excellent. I like that uh, sunroof you got uh, up there, buddy. What's That's going nice. On with you today, Joe, any news? Yeah. Just we, freezing. Got, we got the big double sunroof in the minivan. Look at that. We got another one in the back too. I didn't see that one. That's yeah, awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, no, um, like, uh, this, this, what did I do yesterday? Uh, get hybrid minivan. Well, you're having a better yeah, day than uh, Avi. Avi, God damn, I not saw that, man. Day. Do you remember Avi? Do you remember us discussing Mr. Mango? Avi? Mr. Mango? Yeah, Mr. Mango. Mr. Mango. We had a big discussion about how he thought he was never going to get uh, in trouble because code is law. Uh, and I think it kind of speaks back to what you talk about all the time when it doesn't fucking matter what you think. If if prosecutors decide you're manipulating prices or any other way, they you know what's the old line? They can a grand the jury can like a, a peanut and... butter sandwich. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. So I mean, it's like if you if you somehow think that that was just going to be like okay. And by the way, if you have a hundred million dollars, what are you still doing in a fucking U.S. jurisdiction? I, I mean, are you, I obviously that arrogance is uh, was uh, big time, big time arrogance, like the whole, the whole, the whole big thing, kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it has. You got to go. I mean, not you, but I think listeners and protocol developers or you know wannabe white hat hacker types. It doesn't matter what you think it is; it's what the other people think it is, right. and. Unless, I mean, at least, I mean, I guess he probably has some lawyer money stashed so he can um, yeah, get I'm the sure. best deal. But, you know, in that situation in particular, you know, there's all the other laws, you know, the yeah. breaking into computer system stuff, which is 
probably a slam dunk on in this situation, uh, no well, matter for what. Him, he thought that he was going to get away with it because the code allowed you to do it. And look, yeah. that's not an that's not an illog illogical argument, right? But at the end of the day, if the prosecutors decide they think you stole hundred million dollars, they're going to they're going to go after you. There are many laws, books. Yeah, there are so many laws on the books. They'll find a way to make you a criminal, and that. Well, the other thing, yeah, think of it like a house too, or a bank. You know, just because they leave the door unlocked and you walk in and steal all the money doesn't make it okay. It might not be breaking and entering, but it's still uh, theft or trespassing or all those other things. So you know, just because the code allows it doesn't Wait. make it okay. I think yeah, you're breaking absolutely. up a little bit, buddy. I'm gonna put a link in the in the show. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Perfect. Joe, can you hear me? Oh yeah, I can hear you, buddy. Yes, I'm here. This is gonna. Okay. You can't see okay. me. Either? Um, yeah, we're good. So this, uh, my buddy. Yeah, I'm breaking up. Fuck. I can't get any. Yeah, Gabriel here. Shapiro. Well, I was reading this earlier. What is? Uh, I can follow up with this stuff. Um. Let's see. Yeah, no, I saw this. I saw this when you tweeted it. Um, and, you know, the about whether or not the, it's um, good or... Group. Okay. Uh, in the comments? I'm going to read the whole tweet thread. Yeah, I, I looked at it a little bit. Um, good for DeFi or bad for DeFi? I don't. I, I don't even put it in either or, to be honest. He says bad, um, he says bad for DeFi. Yeah, I mean, he says we because he thinks. I mean, essentially, what he's saying is, "Go ahead, it's okay. I, I'm breaking up, so you just go ahead and talk." Oh no, I wasn't trying to talk over you. My apologies. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, look, I think we talked a lot about this too. That it kind of gives these people a free put when they could go in and test and probe and break into things and then go, oh, no, I was just testing security. Well, you know, up until the point when you have all the crypto and nobody's caught on to you, what do you do then? Are you still testing security? Yeah. Or, this you know, what? I, this, hmm? this wasn't a hack. This was uh, um, an exploit um, of the code. The mango one? And, yeah. Yeah, it was it was an exploit of governance. And so he did flash loans and took the money that way. So um, and that's why he thought he was OK doing it. Right. He was he was proudly pronouncing code is law. You know, I, the code was there. I could do it. So I did it. Right. And what the prosecutor said was, oh, yeah, you could do it. But we call that price manipulation because the way he got away with the money was flash loaning to manipulate the actual price of the the thing now the other thing that's interesting here that gabriel talks about um and i'll put a link to the show notes um it's at&t devs dude at&t um i'll put a link to the show notes <laughs> to gabriel but um um they actually label it a commodity now gabriel's point is he thinks that's the easiest way for them to prosecute this um, and that's why and that, that we shouldn't read into it not being labeled a security. But um, I still find it interesting. Gabriel's point is, is that basically precedents can get set in this case. Um, yeah. and we don't want precedent set. We want we want the code to police itself. And in this case, 
<coughs> the code failed, right? It was bad code. The code failed. The exploit happened. Um, and this guy's now, you know, probably going to prison because he's going to have to do yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you know, I get the code is law argument, of course, but I think there's like a, you know, it's another one of these situations where there's multiple uh, categories of people involved in multiple different interests. Um, you know, to me, it's like the, I guess the people that put the money in too have a certain expectation as to safety. Um, yep. So if the code breaks, you know, at that point, you're still defrauding the people who put the money in. Um, regardless of whatever's wrong with the code. Because it's just like, you know, the smoking in public thing. And everybody's like, I can smoke wherever I want. And then the other people are like, you can't smoke where I can smell it. You know, so you get these competing interests or where, you know, rights kind of tend to meet into the gray area and it has to be determined. I I, I actually, I don't know. I, I, I have to read more thoroughly to see why Gabriel doesn't um, uh, want the precedent set. But, but I kind of would like to see someone set a precedent on if code is law or not. It would seem to clarify a lot of things. Um, I think they're going to do it here unless he pleads out or something, which uh, might be the case if he's got all the money still. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Well, look, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we want to be able to, we want the code to be able to protect users from this shit. And, and the fact is that the developers did a crappy job and made it easy for this guy to manipulate it. I mean, it was like, uh, I remember him writing up a detailed review of how he did it mm -hmm. on Twitter. So he's already presented the evidence, right? I mean, his attorney is, he is going to make a deal because his attorney yeah. is going to be like, dude, you admitted the crime on Twitter. You detailed how you did it on Twitter. And then other people verified it. So at the end of the day, I would prefer that, you know, we actually think through our code well enough to not allow exploits like this. Um, I do think that, look, I think, the authority to charge for price manipulation sucks. In this case, this is an American with an arrogant attitude who was in Puerto Rico when he got busted and mm -hmm. he got what he deserved, right? He's an immoral asshole. He stole money from people. He screwed over a bunch of people and he's an asshole. At the end of the day, it, you know, uh, the code allowed him to do it. Well, so then do you think, I guess what I'd be intrigued by is <clears throat> then the developers have a, um, can they be sued for liability well, now? The interesting thing is that Gabriel says is that in these types of cases like Ukidao, um, the developers may get charged as well. Mm -hmm. um, and he's saying because of, I, I don't know what he would charge him with, you know, some negligent related thing and financial crimes. I don't know. Um, but um, he did mention in his thread that, yeah, the developers will usually get some kind of charge or maybe it's a security suit against them or something. I don't know. And I don't even know if they're uh, doxxed or anonymous or what. But anyway. Yeah, it's tricky all around. Yeah, it's yeah. tricky all around. And when you go around talking shit, talking trash all the time about how great you are, about something that's, a, you know, in many jurisdictions would be a crime, that's just stupid. It's just it's stupid. Just, it's just he's yeah. an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And the dev, yeah, Damon, Damon was saying coming after the devs is uh, pretty terrifying to him. Yeah, I agree. It's, um, you know, you got to know the people who are running the protocols that, you know, you're advising or consulting to, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's no other way to uh, get around it. Or if you're building something, you know, do it right. If you're in the U.S., you know, you know, either don't do it or do it in a way that um, is as close to 
proper as you can. I mean, there's no specific yeah. rules, of course. <laughs> so, right. you know, it might be better just to lay low for a little bit um, until rules get put in place uh, yeah. or pick a jurisdiction where it's okay. Um, but it's definitely something to think about because if, if they remiss, people misuse the protocol, um, you know, they're going to try to extend liability out to who built yep. it. I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm not saying it's going to work. I don't know, but it's just a risk, something to think about in your head from a risk management standpoint and certainly don't run around. Like if I remember correctly, the, uh, what was it? The, what was the Dow one? Uki Dow. I remember their big old wrinkle was that they were telling the investors that, you know, um, Oh, don't worry. They can never figure out what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. This will protect us from securities. Yeah. And so, you know, anytime you get dialogue like that, that's in digital capture mode, as I like to call it, where there's a record of it, you know, that shows intent and it shows all these things that the regulators do not like. Your best move is to just let, if you're pushing gray area, you know, um, don't be bragging about it, you know, do it right. And then get into a situation where you're not in trouble. Um, But this is not the time because- They're they're taking heads right now. So yeah, they're they're trying to set an example. Everybody wants the notch in their belt. You know, everybody yeah. wants to be the hero. So, um, I so I tweeted this out uh this morning. I guess was it this morning? I don't know. Uh, and I wrote uh, as disappointed as I still am with how Andre exited his projects, his lack of apology to the teams and investors he harmed, and his regulatory comments. I am so impressed with what he is doing to lead Phantom Foundation right now. He is rebuilding a brand that seemed to be fading. Um, he put out a um. A, a letter to the foundation team talking about what they're focused on, how they're going to focus. He's been added to the board. Um, and what they've, what they, I, I think the synthesis here of what he's trying to get across is we are going to be focused upon building the best performing uh, layer one chain in the world. And, you know, their new FVM capabilities are going to supposedly remove the bottlenecks that all blockchains have with the virtual machine functionality. Um, I was just thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with this. Um, um, my camera's going to fade because I'm going to pull up the actual art, the actual letter he wrote. So bear with me one second while I go to it, because I do want to go through what he talks about in the um, in the in the letter. Anyway, my point is, is that you and I, I have uh, bashed him a lot for his uh, shitty behavior uh when he bailed on everyone and that seems to be striking a chord with folks but i also want to applaud him for um really doing a fantastic job of leading right now um the phantom foundation because he took a brand that frankly i was i really felt was dying a slow slow death and could potentially die off and has refocused it is seems to be rebuilding the team he talked about the the marketing and the biz dev as being their big weak points and they had too small a team and they're going to staff up and they're they're making big changes over there he talks about um you know uh they're going to start doing what canto is doing they're going to start giving a share of all gas uh revenue to uh daps based on the gas use that they generate now Hmm. they're not doing it so that it's that pe- only for people that are fee free like Canto, but they're still doing it. And that's great. They're setting up a gas subsidy system that allows for DAP interaction for anyone that needs to get onto a DAP without a wallet needing to have FTM in it. And they're going to make it so that you don't even have to have FTM. If you have a wallet, you can use other tokens to pay fees as well. 
Um, they are the Phantom Virtual Machine with a new storage mechanism is coming. Um, that's their greatest focus from a technology uh, standpoint. The EVM is its great, their greatest bottleneck, and being able to unlock this will allow us to reach towards the physical limitations of hardware. And that seems to be a big focus of what he talks about on the tech side is they want to get to the point where the only thing keeping Phantom slow is hardware, that there, that there is no longer any code in that blockchain that is actually preventing greater speed. It will all always be about hardware on the chain itself. They think you're breaking up, buddy. Yeah. I, I can't hear Brad. I don't know if everybody else can, but... um. But look, this is good news, obviously. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about Phantom in the past and the various protocols on there, um, you know, Geist and Spirit Swap and Boo and, you know, all the other ones. Treb is another one I remember pretty interesting. Transaction fees are low. It's fast. Um, I saw it kind of go into the sideline for a bit. Yeah, I guess Brad's in a dead zone on, on 95 right now. Um, but I always have liked it. And I was always concerned once I saw Polygon and Matic really um, going to the, it's weird that his screenshot is still sitting there. Um, oh, now it's gone. Uh, you know, I was always concerned, but I think that, you know, in comparison to Solana's and Avalanche's and all of those, I mean, to me, it could be the chain for the, for all the big DSI applications and, and other things that uh, were sort of a hub spinning out to the other chains. Um, so I'm, it's good so news all around. I mean, I don't, now, I kind of garbled up a bit, and then I just started talking more, talking about Phantom and, and my perspective. Um, you know, I don't know Andre's. Hmm? How far did you? How far did you hear the points that I was talking about from his letter? Mm, a couple paragraphs in. A couple okay. paragraphs in. So, did you hear about gas subsidies and gas monetization? Yes. Yep. Did you hear about um, the new Phantom virtual machine? Yes. Um, I think as far as making it easier to get over that um, that hurdle is what you said. Uh, did you did you talk about did you hear me talk about um, that their main goal from a software perspective is to get it to the hardware limits of the computing infrastructure on the blockchain. So their goal is to take the code to the point where the only thing slowing it down anymore is hardware capability. Well, that's beautiful. No, I didn't hear yeah. all of that. That was probably where it was yeah. garbling. No, that's impressive. So the scaling limit then is the hardware limit. That's where they, that's where they think the, the, the new phantom virtual machine and the new storage mechanisms will get them to, is that the only limit hmm. will be the hardware on the chain that's executing um, the virtual machine. Um, that's impressive. On, yeah, on marketing and funding, they're going to be doing a lot more of it. They're uh, talking about in the quarter one and quarter, end of quarter one, start of quarter two, new biz dev and new marketing and a bigger teams for them so they can be more aggressive. He fully admits how weak it's been. Uh, and that he says that the reason for it is the team was just too small to be able to do anything. Um, but talks about how they're going to expand that and how they're optimistic and how they have plenty of money for 30 years. Uh, so I'm, I got to tell you, I am thoroughly impressed, thoroughly impressed with the way he kind of took the reins here 
when Phantom seemingly was kind of dying a slow death and and boosted it up. And at the same time, you know, there's been an increase of activity on the chain. So thoroughly impressed uh, with, with everything they're doing over there and what they're doing to try to make it better. Yeah, look, I mean, I don't know. Gosh, I think it's trading around 20 cents FTM right now. Yeah. And clearly saw that going up into, you know, I think where did that end up at $2 in the last cycle yep. at the high two to three. Yep. Um, yep. And I think I was in there at three or four cents. And so, you know, sitting here at yep. 20 with that kind of initiative, I mean, look, this is one for the next cycle. That's for darn sure. Absolutely. And now Phantom has moved up to number eight on TVL for, D, uh, for deep on DeFi Llama. Um, mm -hmm. Let me take a look and see what kind of growth they had. I'm taking to see if they've had any real growth over the last uh, couple of days. I think last week they had, they had, they did see a little surge in deposits and more people coming in. So it's good to see. Anyway, uh, I'm glad to see all that. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for what's going on at Phantom and, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. Move all around. Um, take on the yep. next level. All right, so here we go. Niblet's had a good comment here. Can you see it? Uh, but the weak link is in tech, it's ops and governance. What is in place to well, prevent his ego from damaging the project as it has already? Yeah, I agree, dude. I totally agree with you, Niblets. I think what uh, what it seems to me he's trying to do is grab the reins, get the communications out there, which were horrible. You know, nobody knew what the hell was going on within the foundation. So I think he's breaking through that. And then I think his goal is to really show that they're building out pieces of the team. He talks about specific people in the letter. I think what he wants to do is start pushing more of the team members out front so that people realize it's not all him. Right. He's still writing mm -hmm. code on the on the virtual machine, but he's not running everything. There are a lot of people on this team. They have, I don't know, 60 to 70 people on the core foundation team. And then they nice. have a whole slew of developers that work for them as well. So my my feeling is he's trying to make that progression and that move. Um, and I don't think he wants to be the lead guy. I, I saw an interview with him where he talked about the fact that he's worried about the fact that he might get arrested someday, whatever, for his projects. Um I think he doesn't want to be the face, but for right now, he realizes that he had to like yank this thing before it went all the way off the cliff. You know, he's kind of like pulling it back from the edge and then he's, and then he's going to hopefully allow the rest of the team to lead, but we'll see. But Niblets, I think your point is absolutely valid that you still have to be careful with that. But even at the time, the biggest impact he had was on the projects that were his projects, right? That he didn't, and it was all about communication. It was all about him just doing a piss poor job communicating what was happening and the fact that there were already teams assigned to all of those, but everyone else out the public perception was that he was the one doing everything. And so when he yanked out like that with that shitty ass tweet, then everyone thought, oh my God, Phantom's going down. It wasn't the case. There were plenty of people running all of the projects. So I think that was a more, um, significant impact um the interesting thing is the thing kept motoring along when everybody thought he wasn't involved he actually was still involved but i agree niblets it's something we have to be careful of but hopefully he has enough sense this time around um to make sure other people are seen as part of the team we'll see what happens yeah no i mean anytime you're scaling at that like that you're going to build up those infrastructure teams quietly um yep. and it sounds like i didn't realize he had 70 people going strong there um, yeah. But we've always pointed out the weakness was the um, strategic partnership effort as far as, you know, from a BD or yeah. corporate development perspective. Yeah. It sounds like they're fixing that, too. Um, 
My question, uh, Brad, is what is that? Who's uh, who was that other guy? Like, uh, yeah, or something like that. That um, I don't want to just pick. Oh, an, yeah, an uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. guy that funds the funds the uh, annual Phantom show. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, how right? does he fit into all of this? Still, look, he's just a toxic ingredient in the network. He has his own mm -hmm. projects. I don't think he's on the foundation in any way, shape, or form. Oh, he good. Does, okay. He does pay for the Phantom annual Dev Conference. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, Harry. Right. Yeah, Harry. Yeah. But um, I, I look. I think he's a toxic ingredient in Phantom because of the way he has uh, shilled and run projects on his way to, you know, uh, getting as much money as he can out of the ecosystem. Um, but hopefully, the rest of the ecosystem can just ignore him and move on. We'll see what happens. Shizzy has a comment. Um, yeah, Shizzy you know. says Andre linking with Danielle for solidly was just a horrific mistake for him. And I think it really exhausted Andre. Yeah, I'm sure that whole clusterfuck really did put him in a bad position, right? Because Daniel collapsed shortly thereafter. Um, and we had all of the uh, cascading liquidations that happened after that point. So I, I do think that was a huge impact on him. I think it, I think he, look, this isn't the first time Andre's thrown a fit and taken his toys and gone home right it's just get more mature about communicating it like you know um just be an adult and let people know yes i'm throwing a hissy fit and i'm leaving but there are plenty of people here still running shit so don't worry about it right that was that was the problem um and yeah i think the solidly deal with danielle was a big part of it right um look i mean it's just it's all of these guys and their arrogance yeah question was solidly the was that the one where you were like basically holding and then betting on when it was going to collapse or something like that? I seem to remember. No, that was that was the massive liquidity play he did with, for the projects, and so the projects could uh, what get whitelisted for I think it was the top ten to get the NFT, mm -hmm. and then the yields were really high, so people were piling in money, and then the projects were piling in money, and then the projects were encouraging their fans to pile in money because they wanted the liquidity that was going to come from Solidly. Right. Mm. And so then Danielle and company were going to leverage that. They had sushi that they were supposedly taking over at the time. So That's right. it, and, and it, it was incredibly successful. It moved a shit ton of TVL onto the chain. Like like it was mm -hmm. massive. But um, I don't think they really thought through the, the repercussions of the whole system. There was also some controversy with a number of developers in the Phantom ecosystem at some of the other protocols. I'm not going to name specific names. But a number of the developers and other protocols were pulled in to help with Solidly, and they kind of got screwed over um, during the whole process. Um, I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just the chaos of that project um, ended up with um, some of them getting a bad rap um, when they didn't really deserve it because they were involved with it. And then the aftermath of it uh, caused some, some uh, reputational damage to some folks. But, you know... Uh, Look, at the end of the day, it moved a ton of TVL into the platform. It just didn't do what it was supposed to because the Daniel thing caused a bigger mess. Yeah, and those guys were all involved in so many other projects at the same time. I remember all the rebasing stuff going on. Yep. So, yep. Yep. you know, Absolutely. I mean, they, like you said, it's, it's, you, know, you kind of have to concentrate on a couple versus, you know, trying to run three or four multi-billion dollar plays. Absolutely. I mean, we, we sort of see that going on in the real world right now with uh, Senior Musk. Um, yep. You know, can't handle so those where is, two. What's what's going on with Tesla today? Where's it sitting? Uh, I haven't really looked, but there's a lot of 
info out there that with all the other formerly big three automakers are just launching stuff left and right. Oh, um, yeah. And well, look, he's not, there's a battle going on over market share and they're losing market share. He, he could get killed just by the Ford F-150, dude. That thing is getting yeah. rave reviews. I mean, I would, I would love to have one of those trucks and the price point oh. destroys Tesla. Tesla's sitting at 110.02 right now. Yeah. So what's the market cap? Like 380 billion or something like that? What was that yesterday we were looking? What's that short number we're targeting? 89, right? Is 89 when everybody goes underwater? Okay. It's not too far away there. I mean, I can see people. I know everybody's piling on. Yeah. I think a lot of people are piling on. If you're a big institutional in this, are you DCAing down or dumping away? No, I think you're just shorting the hell out of it. Yeah. Holding your stock and shorting because, um, you know, you've got your position already. And if it is negative and it goes to zero, I mean, it's not going to zero, but I'm saying if it does take a huge hemorrhage, then you're going to clean up. I watched this with um, uh, Cliff resources i think based out of cleveland iron ore pellet manufacturer did a big turnaround like 15 years ago and a hedge fund guys in new york took it over um and it went from like 28 to like one and that's what i learned my lesson of those you know talking to those guys and they're like i'm like oh you guys must be really bumming he's like no no we're starting this all the way now (laughs) and then we're gonna pile in at a dollar and i'm like okay i get it now so, you know, anybody who's super long on it is super, is a lot of, just like, you know, Sean does his strategy, you know, with the stacks and like straddling around it, shorting and longing around the holding. Um, these guys are playing the same game. And Niblet's, I would suspect that they're doing it heavy here now. Niblet says Tesla has a decades old design, poor reliability and lots of brand new competitive products. I just saw a consumer mm-hmm. reports uh, article that said that it is the worst ranked uh, first year reliability. Uh, of any vehicle, uh, wow. which I was pretty shocked by. Um, I know people that have them; they're, uh, they don't seem unhappy with them. I, I think the advantage that the the smartest thing I think Elon Musk ever did was bringing battery manufacturing in house. I, I think that puts them in um, a superior position from a tech perspective and profit margin perspective. Um, I don't know how much they produce. I don't know all the details of it. Just from a business perspective, it, it seemed like a really smart strategy, but. You know, if their if their tech is that old, they're going to have to start upgrading. But frankly, you know, two months ago, he could have been doing a lot of that via acquisition. Now, you know, now I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think he's stretched too thin. And, um, you know, I saw another stat, I think this morning or yesterday, which was that um, uh, that, you know, I guess up until last year or for most of its history, when you bought a Tesla, I guess you had to wait for a couple of months to get it or something like that. Well, now yeah. supposedly they're getting them in like days. Yeah. So they're taking that as an indicator of slackening demand. Um, I well, don't know here's if it's the thing. true there's, or not, but. Well, it's like, remember that article we were reading last week about um, the auto loan uh, companies, all the banks now are allowing multiple loans for the people that are underwater uh, on the vehicles they bought at the peak prices during COVID. So, there, there is this massive expectation that what's coming here is a shit ton of inventory unloaded back into the market from defaults on these car loans, like a ton. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's going to get really interesting for all these auto manufacturers. I mean, they've already sold it and they've already got their money from the banks. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of inventory, used inventory, not very old inventory. 
inventory competing against their new inventory. So I think it's going to get yeah. really interesting uh, to see what happens. You know, Nissan Leaf, the new version of that is getting rave reviews. People love it. That's an inexpensive EV. Um, you know, they're, they're, this is going to get real interesting. And here's the bottom well, line. The people buying Elon's cars were the people who were buying them because they wanted to change the world, right? They wanted to offset climate change. And they're they're not so happy with him anymore. And they're not going to buy from him if there are other opportunities well, to buy from other people. Shizzy said, you know, I was looking into the loan Elon took. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, and one other thing I noticed in reading um, was that, you know, now Elon is being regarded as a partisan political figure, as a, you know, a right-wing political figure yeah. is the way the market's starting to define him. So he's partisanized this company, Tesla. And you know what that means? That... You know, progressives and everybody else that were as natural market, the ones that want to be the do-gooders and stuff like that, um, they're not going there anymore because they don't they put him yep. in the same category with every other demon that they want to focus at. So, you know, if I was a shareholder um, of Tesla, I would be infuriated by that alone because you don't want to do this. You want to sell to everybody. You know, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't be people perceiving your brand in a within a partisan prism that's a mistake so i think that's hurting him too but yep. um you know look he did a great job into this you know creating this space basically um and excelling in this space yeah he used a lot of government subsidies to get there a lot of stuff that um you know some people might call government handouts and things like that but you know that's that's the benefits in this market you know you use them when you can so um you know but f-150 electric mustangs yeah. And, you know, electric Mustang. I mean, look, people like Mustangs because it's the Mustang. People like the F-150 because it's the F-150. Because you change the transmission or the fuel system or power system to where it's electric, that only makes them want to buy it more. You know, it's like yeah. it's not like it's going to stop them. So I think, again, we're looking at a technology that came out as a you know first mover tech that's not going to be moving back into the infrastructure side where we're not going to see it. Yep. Because people yep. aren't going to go by just because it's electric. They're going to be like, that's the one I like, and I'll take the electric version. Just sort of my feel. Exactly. Exactly. Shizzy said, I was looking into the loan. Elon took out Berkeley using test lateral. Mm -hmm. It's looking like okay, getting $50, I guess, and he can add a tablet set. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit, buddy. Um, I'll read them again. Uh, Shizzy took, took a look at the loan for Elon. There was a great article in New York Times, I think two days ago on the exact breakdown of all whose money it all is. Um, and I, it came out because I thought there was a lot more Saudi money in that deal. There's only $2 billion, But it breaks down the whole bank deal with Morgan Stanley. So maybe you look there. But if you hadn't, take a look at that again, too. To, it'll probably give you some more intel. Um, are you here, Brad? Or can you it talk? says... Yeah, I'm okay. here. Niblet says, can you hear me? Go. The yep, Rivian truck looks fantastic, and yeah, F-150 looks great. Uh, Niblet says, Tesla's profit center is to sell its carbon credits to Ooh. other auto manufacturers. Yeah, I saw that as well, um, that, that that's where most of their current profit that they book comes from. Um, he said, as an all-electric, wow. Tesla assimilated tons of carbon credits. The car is just the way to qualify for those credits. Makes total sense. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, if he makes... If he makes profit from that, that's great. But as more and more of these ramp up, 
um, or, or a market for these credits. There'll be more supply. Um, so it's getting really interesting. Yeah, and it'll come back to consumer choice. You know, what do you, what is the, That's right. the well, look and feel of the yeah. product that you want? Yeah. So I think it's all good. I mean, it's not that's as right. good for that's Elon, right. but I think he needs a little comeuppance here right now. He's making stupid moves. Um, brilliant guy. Yeah, he's being But, idiot. you know, can't man. Yeah, I mean, it's just he's you can see the personality. I mean, I don't want to call him a micromanager because a lot of strong leaders are that way. I don't like it personally, but, you know, he drives them supposedly. Yep. And, you know, I don't know how people could hold up or what the shtick is there. I mean, you know, I don't really do well when there's some like, obnoxious rich guy trying to drive me it never ends well for him <laughs> so i just can't take it but other yeah. people do um so let's not you know diminish it but he's in a tough spot right now i think you know we made that joke last week that or a couple weeks ago that he needs to turn that boring company vertical and build his yep. space elevator and he'll have a 40-year runway of bullshit exactly. at that point exactly connect them up lots of battery packs. yeah all right, Joe, that's all I've got today. Let's wrap it up if you're good. Yeah, let's do it. I'm good. Um, all right. Any, the markets are sideways. Uh, when I looked last, um, you know, I don't see – well, actually, the U.S. is a little down. Uh, but, you know, half a point. I see a lot of red, but, you know, nothing draconian. So, again, I think we're right. just going sideways. Nikkei futures are off a half a point for later. Nothing big is going to happen the rest of this week is, at IC. Um, and cool. you know, the crypto stuff, BTC is at 16.6, ETH's below 1200. Again, I don't, I don't see much to be concerned about there either. Cool. Niblets, Amen, Shizzy, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate and love you. Tomorrow, it's going to be the uh, magnificent Sean on his normal Thursday uh, interview with us. I may or may not be there. So, Joe's going to be, it's going to be Joe and Sean most likely um, with me maybe uh, potentially joining in later. Uh, Niblet said, do you use money waiting on the sideline ready to jump in or has it left? I'm not sure what he meant. Yeah, um, Niblet's quick clarification, anyway. everybody. Hey, listen, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate and review us. It just takes a couple of minutes and it helps us boost in the algorithm. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you click the subscribe button, click the alerts so you get notified when a new episode hits. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up so we get that boost there as well. We appreciate and we love you. We'll be back tomorrow, either just Joe or Joe, me and Sean. But um, thanks for listening, everybody. Joe, have a great afternoon. I'm out. All right. Yeah, I'm dialoguing with Sean. So we got some cool uh, topics. I just did. See, not use. Okay, wait, wait. Do you see money waiting to jump into the market or has it gone elsewhere? For crypto, I think in a lot general, of people I are think. on the sideline. Yeah, uh, equities equities and stuff, I think a lot of people are holding. But, you know, people can't sell real estate right now because they don't want to trip into a new higher-pointed mortgage. So they're holding. So they can borrow against it. Um, savings are still up, but people are starting to charge more. So I think there's still money on the sideline, but I think everybody's kind of licking their wounds, waiting for the right time. And, um, and it's not right now, obviously. Yep. All right. Bye, buddy. Well, everybody Drive have a great safe. day. Hey, are you going all the way?